You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush, Ben Taylor, and Nate Pass. What's up, everybody? We're back again. It's the Dad Bod Golf Pod. You got Kyle and Ben and a super special guest uh, from the Rick and Bubba show, Mr. Michael Helms. Helmsy, a.k.a. What's up, man? How's it going? Guys, this is fantastic. Thanks for having me. Love this setup y'all got. You've actually, you've taken a step down. You said last night you were talking at a church and now you're talking to us (laughs) two yahoos. So I I really, I kind of, I kind of feel both good and bad at the same time. I feel bad for you, but good for us. (laughs) Listen, Ben, I talk to anybody that'll talk to me. There you go. That's it. It's simple. (laughs) Appreciate the shout out this morning on the kickoff hour. That's probably my favorite hour of the show because uh, that's when, uh, You know, you're a little tired, a little punchy, and it's it's you and Greg and, and Speedy, and y'all just let it go. And uh, that was that was awesome. We really appreciate that. You know, there's a saying, when the parents are away, the kids will play. And um, there's a lot that <laughs> goes on <clears throat> in that regard, in that kickoff hour. But it's a lot of fun. We Look, there's worse things to do for a living than get up with your best friends and just ham it up on the radio. So oh, I know. Very, very fortunate to, to have the platform and do what we get to do. The funny part about that, Hemsey, is uh, here locally in the Auburn Opelika area, I do a radio show, and okay. so all my all my buddies were sending me clips, including Kyle and Nate, of you guys talking about us during the kickoff hour. I wanted my response to be to send back to all of them. Thanks for listening to me this morning, boys. I greatly appreciate it. That was very nice of you to do. It's like that. a double edged sword, right there. <laughs> Well, that's what makes these things great. Technology yeah. these days, you, you don't have to listen live. You can, yeah. I mean, I've probably got 10 different things that I listen to throughout the day and none of them I listen to live. So that's right. what I love about the fact that we've advanced so much in technology that we get to have these platforms like this is very cool. It is. It's awesome. Absolutely. And I love the name of y'all's uh, podcast, by the way, Dad Pod <laughs> Golf Pod. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. It rhymes. It's literally it rhymes. To, it's what, easy to remember. It what did it take us, Kyle? It took us, what was it, like 30 seconds while we were texting to come up yeah. with that name? And it stuck immediately. It stuck, like every, yeah. Everybody was like, how did you come up with that? What focus groups did you use? And I said, it was a group of three guys texting. After about two texts in, we had it. And it was yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Michael, do you know, or Helm, do you know the uh, definition that we use of what a dad bod is? I do not. I do so, not. So a dad bod is someone that when they take their shirt off you're neither impressed nor repulsed at the same time that's a dad bot i I guess i probably fall into that category (laughs) Uh, i I hope i do i hope i do at this point the the best way to think of it is is we tell people we go all you dads out there that are listening to go to the neighborhood pool when you get when you go and you're with your kids if they're not grunting at you and snorting at you meaning that you 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 are just hideous but they also none of them are checking you out whatsoever. Yeah, you walk by and you're you're Good just point. invisible when you walk by the pool. That's <laughs> it's been that's quite some time. It's been quite some time uh, since I've recognized somebody checking me out. So. <laughs> Join the club. Long, that's, that's, why, that's why it was so easy for us to come up with a name because it ain't <laughs> happening to us either. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. So the name just kind of perfectly fit for us and what we want to do, and we, we right, just like yeah. talking. We like talking about golf like you do. Like you're you're the guy, so, you know, for the longest time on the Rick and Bubba show that yeah. any golf news or whatever, they kind of leaned on you to kind of talk about it. But you weren't overly technical. You weren't uh, overly professional. You just like to talk about it like a regular Saturday, Sunday um, golf group. So that's why we wanted to have you on. And uh, we enjoy y'all show and we enjoy uh, – you know, yeah. the stand that you guys take and we kind of want to be associated, you know, we want to be associated with guys like you. So, well, um, I appreciate that. So t- tell us a little bit about how, um, how long you've been with the show, how that worked out and, and this, that, and the other. Yeah, um, when we read your bio, it's, it's kind of unique. Well, it, it is. And, and it's funny. I've been with the show for about, I guess I will start my 13th year in October. So it's been a long, it's been longer than, than most think. And, um, and it is unique because I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to be in the radio and television business. That was so far fetched. If I'll even go this far with it, if you would have came to me 14, 15 years ago and said, Hey, by the way, in the next couple of years, 
you're going to be a part of a nationally syndicated radio and television show, I would have laughed you out of the room. I mean, I, that was so far from my, any imagination that I could think of. And um, I was in the healthcare IT business. So I was in college and I, I studied business and, and luckily got out with a degree and um, just, you know, I, I was one of these guys. Matter of fact, y'all, y'all don't even know this. My first job out of college as a business major was an assistant golf professional yes. at Oxmoor Valley. Nice. So, so wow. part of, and awesome. for those that don't know what uh, Oxmoor Valley, it's here in Birmingham, but it's part of the Robert Trent Jones golf trail. Yes. And so all grow, growing up, I probably played, this is going to be a long story. That's I, fine. I, I probably played, I think I played my first round of golf when I was 15. I didn't grow up in a golf family. My dad doesn't play, never played. Uh, really probably despised the sport at, at some point. He was yeah, kind of always yeah. making fun of me for playing it. Uh, <laughs> I was a baseball, football, basketball, kind of hard-nosed guy. That, I didn't come out of those three. But I was, I was dating a girl in high school. I was 15, and her uncle, his name's Donnie Horton. I don't even know what Donnie's doing today, but he invited me to play golf um, for the first time. And we played at Briarmead Golf Course in Glencoe, Alabama. Wow. And wow. by the way – one of my best friends growing up owns that golf course today. That's, wow. that's crazy wow. within itself. Wow. And wow. so, uh, Full played circle. It. yeah, it's, it's a great little track and, and played it. And, um, and just from that point in time, slowly, but surely fell in love with the game of golf and probably didn't get serious with it until I was about 20. I was actually playing baseball in college, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to, right. to, to pick up the sticks, but I always, I worked at a golf course. In my off time, I worked in the summers, and when I was not playing ball, I was working at a golf course. So, um, you know, I, I'd always hit range balls. I'd get there early and hit range balls, and, and, and I'd stay late and hit range balls. And so I'd stay on the putting green and just putt, and just I just fell in love with the game, and, and it became an addiction, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably had it in a wrong place, if we're just being honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, then, then baseball gets – and I had worked anywhere from – look, I started uh, – you know, uh, weed eating and working on maintenance crews and, and mowing fairways and, and mowing tee boxes and working that side of it. And then moving into the clubhouse and doing bag drop and working the desk. And so there was a time where I went on about a three or four year span where I was working everything golf business and I loved it. I loved everything about it. Then when I got out of college, I needed to get to Birmingham. And so my wife, you know, she knew what she was going to do. She wanted to be a, I mean, I, that was goofy too. When we first met, I asked her, I said, you know, I was trying to be sharp. And, and I said, <laughs> Hey, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? And she was very specific. I mean, as a junior in college looked at me and said, I want to be a labor and delivery nurse at Brookwood medical center. And I wow. thought, well, gosh, that's awful specific. I don't even know what I want for dinner later, yep. tonight, <laughs> much less have that kind of plan. So so I knew that. And so, um, I, we needed to get back to Birmingham and there was a guy at Silver Lakes. That's where I, that's where I grew up as part of the Robert Trent Jones golf trail was the Silver Lakes, which is a Gadsden, Anderson, Glencoe kind of thing. Yep. And the director of golf at the time said, Hey, you need to apply for this marketing director's job. That's at Oxmoor Valley. And I'm like, okay. And so I apply for it. I go interview for it. And he was right straight up. Brad Shirley was director of golf at that point in time. He goes, look, here's the deal. Not going to hire you as a marketing director. Okay. Um, I've got somebody else for that spot, but I knew if I told you that you wouldn't come meet with me. I've got an assistant. I've got an assistant golf professional position. I'll hire you today. Love to have you as part of our team. Well, I did. I mean, I'm a hack around kind of guy at that point. I was probably an eight handicap, something like that. And, um, so I didn't know what that looked like. If you're going to be an assistant golf professional, I figured I needed to be able to really swing the stick right, right, much better than I did. And he's like, no, 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 it's not like that. He's like, we're going to, we're going to give you plenty of, of time to, you know, back then, I don't even know how they do it now, but they, back then they had the player ability test. Right. right. And you, know, you took that and then you started the program. And so I ended up taking that. I took that at Tannehill national, which is not even around anymore. Wow. And of course I, I passed my PAT and here we go. And I spent like eight months in the golf business. And, uh, and then I moved on to some other things. And, and I really think I say this, I'm so fortunate for what I do. I've, I think if I was started off somewhere different, maybe at a private club somewhere, I may still be in the golf business today. I don't know. 
it was just yeah. a grind. Man. They were doing 500 rounds a day. You never had time to play golf. And even if you did, it wasn't like at these private clubs where you could just jump out and play seven, eight, nine, or go to the range and hit balls. Everything yep. was so jammed packed. And right. so it really wore on me. And, and I was losing that love for the game because, you know, you're working six days a week, 14, 15 hours a day. The last thing you want to do on that seventh day is go to the golf course. Right. And right. so I got out of the golf business, got a, I, I say, got a real job and, <laughs> and then fell back in love with playing. Um, so, and, and you asked the question about how to end up at Rick and Bubba. Um, I'd actually um, was playing a ton of golf with some, with some friends and they were wanting to go play tennis. And I'm like, right, guys, I'm not a tennis player. I'm a golfer. And I uh, just don't, I just don't play tennis. And they said, come on. And so went and played that night with Bubba. Didn't know who he was. Didn't know a whole lot about him. But we just we got along really well and struck up this friendship. And um, the next thing you know, we go by two years of our families doing some vacations together and us playing tennis and us playing golf and us playing hunting and us going to the beach. And then a couple years down the road through that friendship, they had a need that that arose within the uh, the show and asked me to do it. And here we are 13 years later. So it's awesome. been quite the run. It's, it's way more than I ever thought it would be. And, um, just fortunate to be a part of it for sure. That's fantastic. That's, awesome. that's a cool story. So, um, bubble playing tennis, that's an interesting, I got a, yeah, not, not pickleball tennis. Yeah. He doesn't look the part, but I'm going to tell you, he, uh, uh, on the doubles court, when he gets up at the net, look out. He's dangerous. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a lot of area he can cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quick yeah. hands. He, he'll get, and he's told me this before, and now I'm getting to that age. I'm, I'm 43 now, so I don't move near as well as I used to either. You know, age is undefeated. It happens to all of us. And, mm -hmm. um, and so I remember times where guys like Bubba would say, hey, listen, Hams, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be a, a, just a monster up here at the net. And you go get every ball you can get. And so here's what's funny about that is that's fine. And sometimes in those situations, you kind of feel like you're playing singles. Um, <laughs> but I find myself today telling other guys that. Yeah. That, yes. That Bubba told me, hey, listen, hey, but hey, you get all you can get. You get all you can get. <laughs> I'm going to hover. I'm going to hover. Yeah. I'm going to lurk right here on the net. That's awesome. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. So, so um, you talked about how you have a little bit of um, – you have some back issues and you haven't been able to play quite maybe at all uh, a lot lately. How much is it, is it the rotation? Like you still playing tennis and stuff like yeah. that. Is it the, the rotation that makes it, makes it tough? Like what, what is it there that kind of keeps you from? Yeah. Playing, it's a know? couple things. Yeah. It's a couple things. And, and uh, I guess this, I've always had back issues, but what ha what's happened It's in that L4, L5, area it's herniated and bulging disc those kind of things it's been going on since i was i guess my junior year senior year in college just wear and tear from sports and those type of things genetic too doesn't help my parents have some back issues so i'm sure that plays a part in it as well but you know the older i get you know i would have these flare-ups and, and they would come you know every few years and then it would take me like a day or so to get over it yeah and then and then as i got older it had it started happening more frequently and so, listen, I'm a guy that's – and the guys make fun of me here. I'm an all-in kind of guy. So, if I'm – in order for me to play golf at a, at a level that I want to play, <clears throat> i got to put time into it. I've, I've got I've to be at the range. I've got to be playing rounds. i got to spend some time on the putting green. And my back just got to a point where I couldn't enjoy it because I'm that type of guy. And, and maybe one day I'll be able to let that go and just go play ever so often – but, you know, I'm, I'm a competitor and I, and I love to compete. And when I'm out there with buddies or playing in tournaments, I, I, I have to practice in order to do that at a level I want to. And so yeah. uh, it's just it's just tough. And so I've had some things. Uh, matter of fact, over the last couple of years, I've just said, you know what, the heck with it right now. I got to get my back in shape. And oddly enough, this sounds weird. I know tennis has been really good for it. Because I'm constantly, I mean, I can go play tennis for two or three hours and, and my back never hurt. And I think it's because you're constantly working the core, you're bouncing around, you're stretching out. And with golf, you're making that one, that one wow. move yeah. constantly. And then putting, it, it's really, I'll stand over the ball and it's putting is a struggle. 
um, there too. But I'll tell you what I think uh, too has causes some of this is that I would walk a lot uh, when I play and my back uh-huh. didn't hurt near as much. It wouldn't hurt near as much when I walk. A lot of times when I'm playing and getting in and out of a cart and getting in and out of a cart, that's, that was a struggle. So uh, hopefully one day, uh, you know, my kids, I got to a point where they were playing a good bit. And so I, I, I kind of, re- my love was rejuvenated through them, but now they've kind of moved on to some other things or they have moved on to some other things. So I just, it's one of those deals where it's just not worth hurting my back for three or four days in yeah. order to, to, to play. Cause I can't practice the way I want to. Cause I love that. Like I love going to the range and beating balls for hours. I'm that guy. Ooh. And so, uh, and I just can't do that. And so <laughs> I've had to, I've had to let it, I've had to take a step back, but man, I love, I love the game of golf. Um, I will, I mean, there's nothing better for me when we have a major week and I can just go to live from wherever on the golf channel and just take it in all week from, you know, and it's odd people, those guys that I love, this is not going to be a, this is not going to be a popular comment. What I'm about to make. Okay. I love Brandel Chambly. I know, (laughs) I know people do not like him in the golf world. He's a know-it-all, whatever, but I love him. I love his takes. And um, the man is just full of knowledge when it comes to the game of golf, and I love that. I'm we, well, we like him more than Johnny Miller. I don't know where that, where that ranked, but we're <laughs> – I don't know what this is about me. I like Johnny Miller, too. <laughs> you know, do you know what I think about Johnny Miller? I think Johnny Miller is like the Greg Burgess of our show. He's just calling golf. Yeah. Yeah. He just says it like it is and, uh, and, and rarely cleans it up. And so that's no, he never apologizes for anything that he says. We were, we were yeah. talking about it. Uh, the last, the last, um, pod that we did, we'd mentioned, uh, he was, he, he always talks about Justin Thomas and, and the U S open on the third, I think I said it was the third, it was either round two or round three, Justin shot a 62 or 61 and he kept on saying, yeah, but it's not a final round because I shot the final round low. And <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like, man, he shot a 61 in the U.S. Open. I don't care if it's round one or round four. 61 is a 61. Our biggest, um, thing about, our biggest thing about Johnny Miller is mostly just we don't care. We like the stuff you're talking about where he just yeah. speaks it. But it's like I got to let everybody know how good I was a lot. Yeah, I know. I know. Kinda, that's yeah. kind of aggravating. So yeah. that always throws people wrong. Yeah, talking about back issues – so you have probably one of the greatest segments, um, one of my favorite segments of all time in uh, Rick and Bubba history <laughs> in the past. And uh, it's where you had, I believe, like a pain, a pain block or something like that in your back, and the guys yeah. call you before your anesthesia wears off. And it is – They did. <laughs> and it's absolute gold. And Yeah. Yeah, but the best part is you weren't alone when they called you, right? Um, correct. I was with, well, so it was an epidural block. And, yes. um, and, and so for those of you that you can either choose anesthesia or, or get it without it. And I listen, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a big anesthesia fan. Okay. I think yeah. it's the greatest nap on the planet. Me too. And, yes. and so, <laughs> so I always, I, I just, there's something about laying there and needles. I don't need to see some big needle going in my back. And so, Hey, put me out. And so, I'm coming back. I'm, Rick is speaking in Augusta, Georgia that evening. And so the thought it was supposed to get this, uh, was supposed to get this tour, uh, of, of Augusta and of the, of Augusta national. And so I'm like, man, I'm in, I know I've got to have this procedure done, but everything should be wore off by then. So the guys were wanting to check with me and see how it's feeling because we were going to get on an airplane in a few hours and go to Augusta. And so, um, and so I'm just, I mean, guys, they caught me at a time where I was not off the anesthesia and it's embarrassing. My, you know, there are times where my wife will go, see, that's why I don't listen to the show right there. <laughs> and, and, and this was one of those moments. And, uh, of course it got into me talking about how much I love the guys and just, you know, it, just the things that you would say, anybody that's, that's been under that kind of medication and, um, we did make it to Augusta. I ended up going and, um, the tour was not, uh, ideal. It's not, it wasn't what it was built up to be. Um, yeah. and I don't, I, I don't think that was on the people setting it up. I think that was on Rick, not understanding, 
um, what level of clearance we needed to actually get on the grounds at Augusta. And so, and so, but man, I was just happy to be pain-free and just on a trip hanging out. So I didn't really care. And, uh, but it was great. We got to, we got to ride around and and look at a couple of things and, um, and I've actually been, so prior, I kind of knew what to look for. I had been, I've been fortunate enough to be at two masters, um, 2004 and 2006, both that Phil Mickelson won. Um, so matter of fact, matter of fact, I nearly emailed Phil, not that he would respond to an email for me. But I have a weird deal with Phil Mickelson, like my son. Yeah, me and you both, especially this weekend. So (laughs) my son was born. So he wins in 2004. I was there. In 2005, my son is born on a Monday, August 15th, which happened to be the, they had, there was rain on Sunday. The final uh, round of the PGA championship was a Monday finish. He wins that tournament. My son is born. My wife is in labor going, can you please turn off the PGA championship? Like we're having our first child and then you're dialed into that like no other. And then 2006, Phil wins another masters. I'm, I'm there for that. And so my thought was, Phil, I'm really good luck for you. Like you need to put me on your team here, man. I am, I am good for Phil Mickelson. And he really, I, he really should be my favorite golfer. Um, he's he's not, but he's close. And so got a, got that relationship with Phil for sure. A lot of memories that, of Phil Mickelson for me in golf. So, sure. well, the guys have chastised me because I took him this weekend to uh, surprise everybody and win the Travelers, and he didn't make the cut. So, uh, your relationship <laughs> with Phil and my relationship with Phil, at least this weekend, way different. Uh, <laughs> you said you mentioned favorite golfer. So, who is a favorite golfer? Uh, I'm gonna get in trouble with this one. Um, I mean, I got go in trouble for calling. I, I got in trouble for calling a bunch of people bammers yesterday. So I, I'm not. You're going to be okay. Trust me. <laughs> well, I, you know, again, you got to remember my the era in which I come up in, and and it was around when I got serious about it. It was around that 2000, 2001, and and on into mm-hmm. mid two thousands. And so Tiger Woods was was my favorite. Uh, I mean, and, I, and just what he did for the sport and. Um, you know, I, I just, I mean, he's always been my guy and I've always tried to emulate things that he does from the way he practices, the way he swings a golf club. And I mean, I, even as a 20 year old, this is where it's going to sound addictive and and scary, but as a 20 year old, 25 year old, where I would, I would watch video of him and I would try to mimic it even in the home in a mirror. And, and so he's, he's always been my guy. And, um, Obviously had some issues uh, later on that we all wish that he he wouldn't have had, and um, you did not try to fact, emulate those. You did not. No, try to no emulate that, those. those are the ones you want to stay away from for sure. <laughs> um, but him winning number fifteen was so special, I think, for everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm anxious to see if he's going to come back. I'm going to be honest. I I just don't. I don't know. With all the injuries and everything, it's it's that he's. Look, I, you never want to count the guy out. For sure. I mean, I, I, every time I try to count the guy out and say he's not going to be back, he comes back and does it. So I certainly don't want to be that guy. Uh, well, listen, the- my, my wife doesn't understand. You, you mentioned Tiger. That's, that's my favorite. Same, same deal. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a year older than you. So, I mean, I grew up watching him and even from yeah. the amateur tournaments that he won to, you know, to getting on tour and hello world and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yes, she thinks it's funny because she said, how can you know this about a golfer? I remember where I was when he was in his accident with Mm. when his wife chased him down and I was sitting at home with my parents for Thanksgiving and this was pre-social media. So this was just like bottom line ticker coming across ESPN at the bottom. And I remember being deflated and depressed and let down that one of my heroes, because I knew something else was involved other than, other than just, an argument that took place at the house that escalated and turned bad, you know, turned, turned bad. And I'm, I remember after that and him going to rehab and all that, I just got kind of disinterested in watching golf because yeah. I just, my hero wasn't playing. And the I guy know. that was my hero now has done something that I know. we don't want tough. any of our friends to do. It was yeah. tough to watch. It and, was. And so then when he comes back and you, you mentioned about him, you know, getting the major and winning at Augusta. I mean, I don't, the other most excited I've been is when he was, you know, when he was in Atlanta and that crowd walking behind him and he, and he taps in the win. Yeah. And it completely overshadowed 
you know, Kyle and I were talking about this on one of the previous pods. A lot of people don't even realize who won the FedEx Cup that year because they were just so happy that Tiger won. You're right. You're and right. And when his and the fact that his kids were there, and when they walk across the overpass, and like that was when his kids realized, oh crap, people actually like you. Like yeah. they're here for you. They're not here for Justin Rose that year. Yeah. yeah. At that point, it it clicked yeah. with them, and yep. that's when they were kind of like. He's not dad anymore. Like he really is bigger than life and amongst these people that are watching him. Yeah. And uh, so I remember feeling a sense of joy. And then of course he still had, he's had other issues and I still keep going back. He comes back out there. I'm still going to be glued to the television. I don't care if he shoots you 85, know, I'm going to watch him. There is a, and, and I know you guys have already seen it, but your audience may not have, there is a documentary on HBO about Tiger's life and yeah. it's recent it's in the last year and mm-hmm. if you if you're a tiger fan or if you're not a tiger fan it's worth the watch and the reason i say that and i'm not giving tiger a pass on anything we as adults no. have our own decisions to make there's consequences for those decisions completely get that but when you watch this documentary you realize when you look into some of his issues with his dad you realize the the apple just doesn't fall far from the tree here right no and 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 he you know you have that kind of success early on top of that, you have his, the, the generational sin and the generational issues that he has going on. It doesn't justify it by any means, but it explains a lot. It does. It does. And so, um, you know, I hope he wins 16. I hope we see him make another comeback and win 16. Uh, I'm doubtful, but again, I, I I've learned the hard way. You don't count the man out. Um, Phil Mickelson would probably be my second guy. I love Rory. I'd like to see Rory going to tear um, as he probably edges out, you know, the rest of his career. Right. I'm a DJ guy. I like, I like him. I like mm-hmm. Kepka. Um, you know, the guys that you would, you would, you know, think I, I, I like, you know, I like these guys that, that um, are able to wrap off Justin Thomas. I probably don't give enough to, I like him, but I'd probably don't give an, give as much as I need to, to him. Um, but Man, the guy, I think the game's in really good shape, and there's sure. a ton of guys sitting there just sitting on, you know, sitting on G, waiting on O for a bunch of majors. So, the way I always talk about Tiger is, you know, how he would keep coming back, and he'd he'd, he'd be able to play for like a year or so, or this, that, and the other. It's like when you're in high school, and it's that first like real girlfriend that that you just yeah. love so much, and but she was, like, still, like, flirting with other guys, and she'd go, and she'd come back. And so, like, the heartbreak of her going away was terrible, but every time she came back, it was just so good. Again, You know, uh, it's, yep. it's, like, exactly the feeling I have for him. And I'm, I'm like you, man. With leg injuries and back injuries, um, it's going to be tough, but you cannot count that dude out. The more you count him out, the more he could come back and, and drop one on you uh, when you yes. leave. right. You're right. And, and age is, is catching up with him and Phil both. And I, I guess if there's two, if there's two, if I had a wish list, like if you pin me down and said, Hey, if you could have a couple things happen over the next couple of years in, in, in the golfing world, what would it be? And it would probably number one would be Tiger winning another one, making another comeback. And number two would be Phil winning the U S open. Um, yes. I mean, he's had six, Sniffs at it at number two, and and I would love to see him complete that and grab that. Sure. And so when and as we saw last year, he still he still got the game to do it. So yes. um, yeah, would love to on you every now and then. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of like quick fire type um type questions. We've done this. Uh, we've had like whole shows on this stuff, but I want to bring you in see see where you stand <laughs> okay. on this. We've had big debates, this, that, and the other. So, uh, number one, what's your top favorite golf movie? Um, I, you know, I bet most people say Ten Cup. That's not my favorite. Um, nope. The, the greatest, either. the greatest game ever played would be my number one, and then Bobby Jones' Stroke of Genius would be my number two. Wow. Um, that's two. Of, that's two of my top three because yeah, we did we I, did top three. And I would go, I would go 10 cup third, and then fourth would be Legend of Bagger Vance. Where's Happy so, Gilmore? Does Happy Gilmore crack your top five? You know, I, it, it doesn't, it doesn't crack my no. top five. And, and the reason it doesn't is because it's not a golf movie. Well, I, I don't want to get into that debate because of what happened last week on our show with the Field of Dreams. 
but I, oh. I will say it like this. I'm more of a serious guy. Serious I mean, I sometimes I need to lighten up. Okay. There's enough serious in the world, but I am a more serious guy. So you'll, you'll see me lean to the more serious side of movies and, and, and the greatest game ever played and Bobby Jones stroke of genius. And then even moments in a legend of Bagger Vance, it'll pull at your heartstrings for sure. Yes. And so, and I, I'm that kind of guy. I hate to admit that, but I, I'm an emotional guy and those, those will stir some emotions in me if I'm just being honest. So where does Caddyshack rank on this? Oh goodness. Um, Cause Kyle's not a fan. I'm not, I'm not I, I mean, I'm not, I don't even, I, I would say what you said. It's not a golf movie. Um, in, in, I mean, in regards to, I would have the same. Um, it's this just is taking this is taking a bad turn. I know, I know. <laughs> I, and I'll, I'll even classify it as a golf movie, but it wouldn't be in my top. It would, it may not be in my top eight or nine. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, terrible. I mean, I, I I look at movies like uh, seven. I mean, seven days in Utopia. Uh, I mean, Sevy, Sevy, the the movie yeah, is Sevy movie. It is so sure. you. And, and, but again, these are serious emotion pulling movies. You can tell where I go with this stuff. So happy Gilmore Caddyshack. I'll give you that they're golf movies, but they're on down in the list for me. For sure. For sure. <laughs> what is the best turn food? Like, oh boy. Coming, what? coming. What's the best time? Do you go light? You go heavy? What's your, I what's go- the top? I go, I go light and, um, and, and for me it's, and this is probably goofy, but I I just go peanut butter crackers and a, and a Gatorade. That's my turn. I mean, I keep it simple. You get you a little protein in there to hold you over until you get uh, back home to the, to through 18 and, and you can go in the clubhouse and tear something up heavier. That's, a granola that's, bar, something like that. Granola yeah. bar is a great yeah, example. See, I say, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm not, so. Yeah. Oh, I, gosh. These, granola. <laughs> these guys that, that grab, you know, these chili cheese dogs and hamburgers and, and heavy sandwiches and, and make the turn, I just can't. I can't do it. I mean, what about a turkey wrap? How do you feel about a turkey wrap? I'm okay with the turkey wrap. Don't encourage it. Don't encourage it. That's <laughs> Kyle's go to. We make so much fun of him. <laughs> it, don't encourage it. I, I wouldn't do it just for the simple fact of, um, I mean, I just like to pop a cracker in my mouth and be looking at my yardage book while, you know, standing in the fairway. Um, yeah. I feel like the, the turkey wraps are probably a little too high maintenance for me, but I'm okay with it. I w- wouldn't make fun of you. You wouldn't turn your I nose would. up at it. Right. right. No, be, no. You, you'd be the only one in the group didn't make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have another guy. He's, he's out slinging uh, cars today, Nate and, He's a big hot dog guy. Okay. Huge hot dog guy. See, so I, he's, he's getting a hot dog at the turn every time he plays golf. And uh, he, uh, see, and they, they make fun of me because I do pregame meal. I don't do, I do snacks right. on the course. I got a snack bag. I'm there. And it will be, it, it may be a heavy meal. I mean, I may be, it may be a chili cheese dog, but now then I'm going to go hit a few balls. I'm going to get like, I'm not hurting when I hit the first hole, but I'm also not hungry. Yeah. The entire time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more of a pregame guy, but uh, turkey wrap rush there. He, I don't know <laughs> what the deal is with that. <laughs> hey, hey, hate it all you want. It works. It works. So, um, Absolutely. and one of the, so I guess one of the, one of the last things maybe we want to talk about, we're both uh, fathers of daughters. And, yeah. and I know at one point in time, you know, your girls played at least one, if not both, played golf. Um, your son has played golf. My daughter, I think our daughters, but I could say this safely, have zero interest. Um, and it's like, I'll go out and ride with you in the car as long as you spend about $50 on snacks and this, yes. that, and the other. Like, I'll, you know, with, with competitive women's golf and scholarships and things like that, it's such an opportunity. How do you get, how do you get your daughters, how do you give them the itch as far as wanting to, wanting to learn how to play? What's the advice there? Um, I, first of all, I want to know how old your daughters are. Mine, I got a 12 and a 13 year old and the 13 year old is the only one that showed it. The 12 year old is not a sports person in general. So okay. yeah. she's, she's ballet. She's, she's arts and entertainment and all girl. Yeah. She would, she would love to do something more like this than she would be yeah. anywhere near. And, uh, but the 13 year old, man, she, I, I got the clubs and I, and it was when she was, you know, like the junior club, nothing expensive, but, take her she's 
she's flirted with the idea of being the camera person for me and Kyle when we go out. And but she's like his daughter. She'd rather have fifty dollars spent on M and M's and uh, pretzels and um, as many sodas as she can drink before we have to go home to mom uh, than she is hitting a golf ball. Sure, Kyle, how, how old's your daughter? My daughter's six, and she's gymnastics, cheerleading, makeup girly girl. She has no when desire. You said college, six, six, yeah. I think all right. So I, I think we can make this a broader uh, discussion for all parents that are that are listening in. But <laughs> I, but I will say this to you, Kyle. I think you still have some hope. I think you still. Have, I mean, I'm serious. And 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 the reason I say that is because and and this is look. I've got three kids. I've got a 16 year old, a 14 year old, and an eight year old. Boy, girl, girl. Okay. And um, if I had to do anything over as it relates to sports. I wouldn't have started my kids so early in certain sports. So, for instance, my son, anything my kids started doing between the ages of five and eight, they no longer do. Okay. They played and, and, and they played. That was that, that was these sports, mainly for Braden, but Caroline is in here too, my 14-year-old. Baseball, basketball, football, golf, they had not played tennis yet. And, and basketball, I said basketball, uh, there was another run in there. I guess that was it. And so that was the, that was the four that they started between five and eight and they ran and even gymnastics, gymnastics went up for Caroline. They stopped doing all of that. And so what I am doing with my third child who is now eight is I have purposefully waited to introduce her to a few of the sports that we all love as a family, because I didn't want to do that at five six or seven because by the time they got 10 or 11 i was afraid they was going to be done with it and i say that here's my basis behind that my kids Braden and caroline the 16 year old and 14 year old when they were 12 started playing tournament tennis i didn't know nothing about junior tennis had no clue about that world they that was something they jumped into they started hitting balls and they would take clinics and stuff like that between probably 10 and 11 years of age and I guess my wife, she gave me some of the greatest shut up juice, probably, um, probably, I guess Braden was, was 12 and Caroline had just turned 11. And, um, she said, because I was still trying to get them to do things. Braden was playing in, in tournament golf, but he really wasn't interested in it. Caroline was playing tournament golf, really wasn't interested in it. They went from, I'm eight years old and I'm playing tournament golf and I'm loving this to, and many people out there don't even know that there's tournament golf for eight, nine year olds, no. but there is. Yeah. Right. And so they were all in and they were playing some of the fan, most fantastic courses. They were having some success. And then both of them just basically said, I'm done with this. And, and, and it really bothers me and my daughter because she, she, you know, everybody's you know delusional to some point about their own kids get that, but she could swing a golf club. Sure, And she had the mentality to work her way around the golf course and understand at an early age, nine and 10, Hey, I know I've got to hit this shot 50 yards, but there's water in front of that. And I can't carry that. So I'm going to, I'm going to take this out to the, to the left, but now I'm worried about that bunker. So maybe I go this, she had that mindset at an early age and, and, and she could hit it and she was a lefty, which made it even better. Let all lefties look smooth. I, so cool. I, I don't know. I'm envious of it. So but she stopped playing and, it, and, and they have gone on to love tennis. And what's funny about this is uh, my wife, this is what she said one day. She said, you and the kids do stuff sports all the time. And, and she used this example of Braden, but it was, it was the same for Caroline. She said, every day you guys do something. Y'all go hit baseballs, you go hit him grounders, y'all shoot hoops, you run routes and throw football, um, y'all go hit golf balls. She goes, but all of those things he does with you, and you guys have a lot of fun, but he never asks you to do that. He can't walk in this door without asking you to go hit tennis balls. You ought to listen to him. And I thought, wow, okay, that hurt a little bit. And so at, at that moment, I started kind of evaluating, 
And, and I didn't hear that right away. I still forced him to play one more year of baseball. And I still tried to encourage him to play one more year of basketball. And I encouraged him to play Birmingham Golf Association. They have a fantastic um, tournament schedule here in our area. And, um, and then they, there's another circuit that's here. Tried to get them to do it. And, man, they just I – I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just the pressure of these individual sports. Um, I don't know. But I will say this, I, I didn't push tennis on them. And I kind of let them go their own way. And they have both fell into being some pretty decent tournament players and uh, can't get enough of it. I mean, they, these are kids that practice two, three, four hours a day, four or five days a week, playing tournaments wow. on the weekend. And I didn't bring tennis to the front, forefront for them. They actually chose it. Um, wow. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, this happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we were in a tournament in Rome, Georgia. And I just looked up and Coach Kirby Smart was there. And I was like, why is Coach Smart here? And that's weird. And I, and I knew him because of the show and us doing sure. the region's tradition. And we always have him on. He's played with Bubba a couple times in the, the Pro-Am. And so I went up to him. I didn't figure he would remember me or anything. So I introduced myself as Helmsy from the Rick and Bubba show and just said, hey, Coach, what, what on earth brings you to Rome, Georgia at a tennis tournament? Like, I was not expecting to see you here. And uh, he said, well, my son plays, blah, blah, blah. And he, he said this. He said, uh, he said man, I, this is driving me nuts. He's like, you can't say anything to him. And um, he said, you know, how you've seen me on the sideline and how passionate I am. And, man, I, he got, I got this kid over here calling balls out when they're in. And I want to say something to my son, and I can't. And this thing's police so much. You just, just, I'm going to have a heart attack. And I said, Coach, I got to be honest with you. I said, I think that's why your son likes the sport. <laughs> and he sat there he sat there and he looked at me and i said no I'm, I'm being serious i said i think that's why my kids love the sport right. so much because i'm out of the way and i said that was hard for me to get used to yeah. and um and and in that moment he was like i almost wish you wouldn't have told me that he said that's exactly why and i said <laughs> i said i said i'm just telling you i said i really think that that's why my kids have blossomed into this uh, quite, quite nicely is because I hadn't, I hadn't been involved. I've, I've took them to practices. I watch them play, but I'm not out there, you know, getting on them and, and doing this and that. I didn't, I didn't know the sport well enough to do that. I knew enough mm -hmm. to be dangerous and help them out where I could, but, um, it was just a dose of reality to me. And, and so I would just simply say to anybody that has kids in sports, first of all, don't get, everybody thinks that their kid is different and special. And I'm here to tell you they're not. No, they're <laughs> not. I mean, I, I know that's a dose of reality that nobody wants to hear, but it's true. And so, hey, stop all this. My kid's going to be all that in sports and let them, if they're going to be all that in sports, um, that, that you'll see that uh, later on. Don't ruin it for them when they're yeah. five to eight. And I feel like I probably did that for, for my kids with certain sports. And if I could I've go back up well. I've tried not to do that and we kind of, but our rule is here and my kids don't like it, but I, and I'm, I'm stubborn. I'm going to stick to this rule. When you start, <laughs> you have to finish. Now you don't have to try out next season or you don't have to, yep. if the, if the dance class is over after the recital, if you don't want to re up for dance or you don't want to re up for gymnastics, once the, the, the yep. competition's over, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But we ain't stopping mid season. And yeah. I, but I still kind of wonder, it makes me think in the back of my head, are they not signing up for something because they got that rule now that they're old enough. Now they're 12 and 13. They know if I do this and I can't stand it, dad's making me stay the whole six months to finish it out before I'm able to bow out. Yeah. And so I've kind of wondered if that, but I still, that's, I've told my wife, I said, that's the rule we're sticking by. You start it, you got to finish it at least that season. Um, yeah, and then we'll 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 reevaluate afterwards. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think, especially in this day and age in our society that we live in, that's a good rule of thumb. And and I we go by that as well. Um, and and to like I've got an eight year old girl. She'll be nine in September, and I've purposely held her off from, mm -hmm. from anything. I mean, she's kind of she's done a gymnastics thing here or there. She's you know when Brady and Caroline were hitting golf balls, and she was like four or five, she'd go out and mess around with that but I've purposefully held her out. She took right. her first tennis lesson um, two weeks ago. It was a tennis clinic. She don't know the first thing about it. Don't care. I don't even think she hit a ball that day. Like, I mean, I was just like, she's missing everything. Um, <laughs> but if she enjoys it, 
I think she's got a chance. If I would have started her at five, she'd be done. She'd be done yeah. by now. Yeah. And yeah. so um, it works out for some people, but for the majority, the parents that I talk to, um, it's it's more what I'm talking about than than it's not. And so, I should I should see that too because I got one of my but he listens to the pod. One of my buddies, Nathan. Um, that, uh, he's got a great job and, um, and, and helps a bunch of churches out and that kind of thing. But the, the little thing that people don't know, and it's funny because we've played in these tournaments together and they'll pair us with a long drive champ. Nathan's 165 pounds soaking wet and just out drives long drive champions. And I was like, man, why did you not keep going? He goes, I was forced to play golf from like the age of four. All the way through junior got play. He he went over and played like overseas in junior golf tournaments, and he kind of put them away in college and didn't touch them, and then picked them back up after college when he got into a profession. And now we have a great time playing. But he didn't take it near as serious. But the thing is, he plays four times a year, and Kyle he'll still wax the two of us. Man, it's not even. It's, sure. it's so it's it's so infuriating to go play with a guy like that. No, so y'all are really, <laughs> and that's the beauty of these sports. That's- yeah, I was gonna say y'all are really bummed. Me out. I was really, I was really focused on uh, the <laughs> seven and eight year old uh, long drive championship at Augusta. Uh, hopefully, start start with the chip and putt. How about that? Start with the chip and putt. That's what I meant. The drive chip and putt. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I mean. See, we did all that. Like Braden and Caroline did every bit of that. Man, we got on the road. They qualified and and they went on to like three or four stages of that. And and it was it was such a great experience. But I think, oh wow, I think there was a little bit of there was too much pressure. And, uh, for them and they just didn't, they, they just didn't, I don't know. I don't know what it was. And it's what it is. One of my, like, especially with Caroline, like Braden is, he's self-sufficient. He kind of does, he's, he's pretty athletic kid kind of picks and chooses and does this. And, um, but Caroline, and she's a, she's a really good tennis player. I don't want her to hear this and go, well, he doesn't, she was a really like, that bothers me. Like she was, could have been a difference maker on the golf course. And she just, she just didn't. You, you, that's the thing. You got to have the passion for it. You can't teach them that. Right. And that's, you know, that's the frustrating thing. And, and so, I mean, I got one now, my eight year old's riding horses of all things. Like <laughs> I, I, I don't know you're talking about not knowing the first thing and, and scared to death of Man, that. That's, that's going to get expensive. Um, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have not bought a horse at this point. Um, and, 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 and my plan is not to, um, but it's one of those good things. luck with that. We're just kind of, <laughs> I'm just at this age, I'm kind of letting her kind of fill this thing out. And, um, but, but I made a deal with her. That's why she did the tennis lesson. I said, Hey, listen, I said, if you'll, if you'll do it for every horse lesson you do, you got to take a tennis lesson. And I'm not saying you got to do like your brother and your sister and play in all these tournaments and play on school teams. I'm not saying that at all, but I want us to be, when we go to the beach one day and your brother and sister are wanting to play some doubles, you can jump in and play mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. And that's the beauty of these sports, what you're talking about with your kids, you know, t- to this day, we go on a vacation and we play golf. They still get their golf clubs out and we can go play and it's competitive that's awesome. and it's fun. Uh, Brayden, we perfect story um, for this. I had three buddies call me the other day wanting to play doubles and we couldn't find a fourth and Brayden played with us, my 16 year old. And it was, it was fantastic. He was able to be around these grown men and let them pour into him a little bit. And of course he was waxing us, you know, we had no chance, but, but he, it was a, it was a moment that we could all have together. And that's what I love about these sports. For sure. Awesome. For sure. Yeah. Um, you may still have some luck. There was a, there's a local girl, uh, a buddy of mine, his daughter, she picked up the clubs for the first time when she was 16 and she plays for Troy right now. So, so about that? maybe there's, maybe awesome. there's still some hope in there for, for Caroline. <laughs> if, yeah. This I, thing doesn't take. I've tried it. I've enticed. I've tried to entice her. I've tried to pay her. I mean, <laughs> I, I've tried to with, with clothes, uh, with shoes. Um, I don't know. So I just here. Here's the thing. It goes back to what my wife told me many, many years ago. Is how about I just listen to what they're enjoying and For sure and, and get involved there. And, and that's what I've done. And as tough as that is, sometimes it's uh, that was a nice little dose of reality. Well, as a, as a buddy of mine did, uh, his daughter got a little taste of success because he started taking, she was pretty good and she also didn't want to play, but then she got to play in some scrambles, some four man scrambles. And when she got the tee off from the ladies tees up there and she ended up like carrying the team and realized the success was there, it kind of hit her. She was like, man, I'm pretty good at this. Like I'm better than these guys. I'm better than the old guys that are, that are playing with me. Um, but again, like your, your wife's smarter than all of us. She's already told you, so you got to follow instructions. 
You know, and I think, too, it's one of those things where they – because they're out there hitting a ball and going to chasing it and hitting it again and hitting it again and walking and chasing it and hitting it again, I think some of them just get bored with it. And they don't understand at that age um, what they're doing and what they're accomplishing. Uh, no matter how good you tell them they are, they're like, Dad, I'm hitting a ball and I'm walking down the in the fairway. And for us men – there's something sacred about that and something awesome about that, but yes. they don't get that. And so at right. a kid that's five to 10 years old, even into their teenage years, it doesn't matter how far they can hit it or how long they make a putt or some awesome bunker shot that goes in. They, they're like, what? I mean, I, this is, you know, so for us, it's, uh, you know, you, we think back to watching these guys that we've, we call heroes and we want them to emulate those kind of things. So. Sure. Well, dude, this has been awesome. Uh, this is great. This appreciate is, this, is, this this conversation. Um, it's more than I ever expected you to give us. Um, well, good. I, I, it has been, like I said, uh, I kind of shot out a message just to, in the dark just to see if you'd be willing to come on. And not only do you come on, you kind of give us some pub on the show and you just pour out into us. And we um, I learned a lot today and uh, had some fun uh, jokes and conversations and it's just been great, man. We really appreciate it. I hope you can come on again sometime soon. Yeah, Kyle, Ben, I, I've loved every minute of it. I always just love – I love hashing out life. And, uh, sure, you know, right. we're all we're all in this together as dads and sports fans and husbands. And so, uh, listen, anytime. Uh, it's an honor. It's an honor that you would ask me. So, I appreciate we'll appreciate, appreciate it, you guys taking the time. Well, it epitomizes what we do. I mean, we say dad bought, bought golf pod. I mean, we're, we're dads first, and then yeah. we play golf. So, Absolutely. Uh, that's that's why we like having you know guys like you on that are both fathers as well as in, involved as much as possible so again sure. we appreciate it thank you so much appreciate it enjoy right. catch us next time we'll be we'll be live again tomorrow the dabod golf pod always stroking always stroking you've been listening to the dabod golf pod always stroking Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.